Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the January 14th Ag Market Network. Uh, we are, as everybody knows, sponsored by FiberMax and Stoneville Seed. They are a long-term sponsor of our program and make this possible for you. Our panel today is led by Dr. O.A. Cleveland. Uh, O.A., we have no crop report, but we do have you. Well, I tell you what, we're in an awful lot of trouble. I, maybe you never thought you'd say the guy wish we had USDA so we wouldn't have to put up with the way. But, uh, you know, we all are beginning, in all truthfulness, to, to, to miss some of these USDA reports. We uh, we bark at them, we jump on them, uh, but without question, we do support them. Uh, and when they're not there, we, uh, of course, obviously, that it goes missing the most. Well, just harken back to, I guess, the December USDA report. That's the uh, that that has to be the the baseline from where we work now, and just try to go from there. But looking at uh, world production, uh, the December 2018 had that at 118.7 million bales. Uh, that where where we can look for adjustments, most of us feel like some adjustments are coming. First in China, where the possible adjustment could be a million bales higher. Uh, equally important, and to some degree more important, India, because it's a little, typically a little bit larger producer, but this year it's not going to be that. We would anticipate India from its current estimate of 27 million bales 27.5 million bales to be down to anywhere from 25 to 26.5 million, uh, 25 to 26 most likely. So we're going to see a greater reduction in crop size coming out of India than we are in increased crop size coming out of China. The uh, uh, Pakistani crop probably unchanged, another big crop at 7.4 million bales, and the U.S. crop at 18.6, most people talk in terms of 200 larger, 200 smaller uh, yields have been expanding in Texas, but this late in the season with cotton still out in the field, it has to be losing oil uh, content, so it has to be the the weight of that crop, uh, the weight of that that, uh, that 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 fiber, and consequently the yield, more than likely is declining somewhat. Uh, so we could get this U.S. crop down to 18.3 million bales. Of course, again, those that think it may go higher it could be uh, up to 18.8 million bales, but probably around 18.3 would be where I would place it today. So the, the net result, as we look at changes in world production, probably some. 700,000 bales, maybe 900,000 bales lower. So just round numbers at this stage, instead of the current 118.7 million bales on world production, possibly as low as 118, 117.7, something of that nature. Uh, a little bit less cotton to work with, which in with the crop situation we're seeing or the market situation we're seeing is not... Uh, or not not that difficult, so to speak, to handle because it does appear to give the some ability to to hold on. Looking at world cotton consumption, the uh, uh, the, the trend line and 
very much carries us up to about 122 million bales, and this year we're looking at uh, 125 million, uh, 125 plus million, uh, 125.6 million. So uh, we're three and a half million bales above the current trend line. So uh, that is very positive. Yet we're beginning to see problems across the world that suggest to us that consumption is going to come down. But yet if we come down, we're still going to be near a record world level or close to it, at least anyway. Uh, you know, we'd have to come down three and three and a half million bales to be back down on the trend line. I'm somewhat of a bear on consumption. I will say that. That's uh, had me under the gun. And we do have this wide discrepancy of some uh, uh, four, some, excuse me, some seven, eight million bales between production and consumption that keeps one somewhat bullish. But at the same time, we do see emerging economic difficulties in Europe. We definitely see them in Asia. According to the news media, those of us here in the United States are absolutely suffering. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure that that's not a bit contrived, but don't know that. Certainly looking at the uh, economy per se and looking at the numbers, don't see any problem, don't see the recession that uh, the news media has us uh, entering to yesterday. So I, I'm not I'm not that concerned. I do come off thinking of with respect to U.S. plantings in this coming season that plantings are going to be up considerably. Uh, give reference to Cotton Grower Magazine, their annual uh, survey that comes out at the Beltwide Cotton Conference end of December. Excuse me, uh, yes, end of December, first of January. They showed about 13.7 million bay, uh, acres planted. Most of us have been carrying above 14, somewhere between 14.1 to 14.2. Uh, the, 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 the difference in, in those estimates, uh, the, the Beltline versus what most analysts seem to be carrying, is simply what's going on with the state of Texas the, uh, and to some degree on uh, Georgia. Uh, analysts have all the states up, including Georgia, and including Texas, the, there's some discussion in Texas that the dry land acreage, or much of the fact, many of the dry land growers are going to uh, simply to hold out cotton planting this year, or there'll be more wheat uh, planted this year and earlier, or there's more wheat planted, and that's going to cut into the cotton acreage. But they're going to hold the dry land out of cotton because. They had a pretty poor crop for a couple of years, and they're just wanting to save funds. I have not bought into that. And, of course, the guys out there are the professionals, the people on the ground, the people that know what's going on. Uh, and some of them are in this this, this this camp of saying, well, we're going to sit out. We're not going to put money into that dry land again. But uh, I just given the yields that we've seen in Texas in total, I'm not comparing dry land to to irrigate it, of course, there is, can be no comparison. But looking at that kind of keeps me bullish that Texas is going to have a, another increase in acreage. They really don't have that much of an alternative uh, like other groups do, other areas do. So I think that acreage is going to come forth in Texas, certainly given that the long-range weather people are predicting excellent moisture for Texas during the time period that uh, the plant would need good moisture. They'll then 
course, the, the, they'll enter the year with good moisture, uh, and they're concerned about keeping it, so that's the discussion about lower acreage. But everything on a productive standpoint points to uh, increasing that acreage. We'll just have to wait and see. I'm going to carry it up there. We're looking pretty much at... Uh, at uh, the, the the next problem state, according to looking at the uh, cotton grower estimates versus the analyst estimates, would be Georgia. Grower has that acreage down, uh, maybe maybe two hundred, maybe three hundred thousand acres. I'm not sure, but making the assumption that we don't have a hurricane in Georgia, making the assumption that uh, we do return to somewhat of a normal production season, whatever that might be. Uh, I think you get that acreage in Georgia actually up a little bit. You seem to be increasing acreage across the southeast marginally, a most significant increase certainly in the mid-south, the Delta, Mississippi River Delta states. That uh, that's that uh, I think everyone is all inclusive in, in in that thought. So, all in all, I think we're looking at cotton production in the neighborhood of 24 million bales on the low side. Of would be 23 million, the high side 26 million. Now you got to take a couple of jumps to get to 26, but certainly given the yields, given the seed varieties that are in the in, out there now, uh, certainly we can we, we, we could get us uh, with with good weather, in particular with the acreage planted in Texas and the weather coming as the long range weather. Folks say. We could get a 26 million bale crop now. Someone want to want to ask what I'm smoking, but uh, I guess if that kind of number, it must be awfully good stuff. So I, I, I just have to sit back and say we can see this. It's very possible, uh, and it's not a stretch to say it's probable. We just look at the yields the seed companies have given us. It's just incredible what's coming. Well, it's out there now. It's incredible what's coming down the pike. So I heard more talk this year at Beltwide with respect to yields and, and what's, what they're getting than I have ever heard. So I think probably growers are paying attention to that. And that's another reason why I think we'll see that acreage in Texas come in. Uh, looking at, uh, let's see, we've discussed just consumption. We've discussed production. We've discussed this year's crop. Uh, I know several folks are a little bit more uh, optimistic on consumption than I am, and I didn't get a chance if Kip's there here. I know he'll 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 discuss that, and I'm a bit torn on that. But uh, let me just run down the, the bear side real quick. I won't, don't want to belabor it. Uh, of course, the China trade war is just con- controlling the market. Period. We've got China and Turkey as well, almost closed up to us. So we've got that four-plus million bales to export, and where's it going to go? Can we can we export 15 million bales without that four million bales to Turkey and China? No, I think we've got to be extremely concerned, and our exports fall to around uh, four, uh, 12, 12 and a half million bales. Uh, though, I, I, when you look at a chart of sales to date and everything, it still looks awfully good, but we've got the European economy as is slowing. You have the Chinese economy slowing drastically. The Brazilian crop acreage is just about to explode. Uh, the we've got cheaper crude oil, so that means the age of very cheap, dirt cheap polyester is going to come back. Uh, so and we have those those problems. Uh, on the bullish side, world stocks are lower. Consumption is somewhat static. It may be down a little bit. As I say, some folks will argue higher. 
Uh, world production is down. China stocks are reduced to what I. 10-year low or something of that nature. Somebody correct me on that. We've got this Indian crop disaster with the smallest crop there in nine years, maybe even 10. Uh, Indian stocks are lower. They're going to have to import U.S. cotton. So th- these are these are issues that will all set these up the, each other to some degree. But until the trade problem is solved, I think the U.S. is just locked out of some cotton area. And the Biggest concern it's for 2020 and 2021 is that, and we need to pay attention to this as outlandish as it sounds. The biggest concern is what are we doing to our markets in 2021, 22? Are we actually losing those markets that once were ours? Thank you so much, guys. Y'all have it. Uh, OA, and I don't know this, at the Beltwide, did, did Joe Nicosia speak there? Not that I was, not that I heard, no. no. Uh, okay. Well, you, you – uh, all right, let's just open it up to anybody that wants to make comments. Well, first of all, who needs USDA? That was that was, that was pretty detailed. I like that. Um, <laughs> well, you have was, Carolyn, so consequently you don't need USDA. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I, I would – Her information better anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll 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 pass on all the compliments. I I will I'll support your thought that I don't see guys laying out in Texas or holding on to wheat. I mean, in the kind of year that's coming with lots of moisture. Well, first of all, I, I know some people that were prevented from planting wheat, but for the ones that put it in, you know, this is the kind of year they'll probably have somewhat better yields. They'll have somewhat lower protein. They'll have a really lousy basis. Um, that happens in wet, wet years down here. I, I don't see what's going to attract them to hanging on to a wheat crop, and I just really I don't believe a drop, um, a, a drop or a big drop in in Texas acreage. And from what I heard, you know what's going on in Oklahoma and Kansas is the expansion is going to continue to be sort of beyond what we expect. It just they're very big on cotton up there. So we're hearing okay. the same thing about Oklahoma and Kansas. I wouldn't be, you know, our numbers, we jumped up a bit in, in both of those areas, particularly Kansas. I, of course, it's from a small base, but you're right, they're expanding uh, pretty aggressively there. I, yeah. I would well, think well, that... I, I, sorry, I had, had a report of something in the neighborhood of 20-some-odd uh, pickers uh, and harvesters were purchased in Oklahoma Arkansas area, which was just astonishing to me, uh, and, and just kept hearing reports of expansion. Uh, two two existing gins in Arkansas, or two existing gin buildings in Arkansas that had shut down, have purchased new equipment and have brought it and are bringing it back uh, for ginning. So, boy, it just sounds like these expansion numbers that I'm picking up in other ways are being confirmed in those ways. Go ahead, please. Well, Kip? Well, our, our numbers, uh, we're just talking about next year. We're seeing that expansion area as well, and we've got a number right at a little over 26 million, uh, excuse me, 24 million for production next year as well. Uh, and, and you're right, Oway, that, that's a lot of cotton. However, I, you know, we, we spoke about this earlier. I'm a little bit more optimistic for mill use than you are. Uh, it's kind of unusual. Normally, you're the bull, and, and I'm sort of trying to 
trim your horns, but uh, in this case, we've almost just just changed positions. I don't <laughs> think polyester is going to be as big a factor as it has been uh, outside the U.S. where this polyester is actually being produced. China is still has been uh, pretty aggressive in, in cleaning up, up the environment, and polyester uh, has been part of the problem, at least for the air uh, around the areas where it's produced. And we are seeing that production come back a little bit. Uh, you know, they cut it, really restrained it for a while. It's coming back a bit, uh, and prices are coming down a little. Uh, the spike has come down a little bit. It's still at the high end of where it has been for the last several years. So. So cotton is a little bit more competitive than it was, uh, not dramatic, not the way it was before, though. You're, you're right about that. So, But I do think cotton is still going to get a little bit of, uh, of share against polyester in the coming year. Trying to put your arms around a, an actual mill use number is pretty difficult right now, given the, uh, given the trade wars, uh, tariff restrictions, and, you know, I, I'm hot run hot and cold on when this thing's going to get solved i've been saying for a long time it's going to be longer than we think and then those negotiations they had in china turned out to be a whole lot better apparently than most people thought they were going to be and uh, to your point about economies being uh, uh not as robust as they were it's in the best interest of both china and the u.s to come up with some sort of a at least uh some sort of a a truce for a period of time just to help their own economies out. So I'm a little bit more optimistic that at least they're at the table and uh, being a little more serious about it than they were maybe a month or so ago. So I don't know. I, I guess I'm a little bit more optimistic than, than you are on the mill use because I think if we, uh, some of the people I've talked to in Asia, China in particular, uh, have said you'll be surprised. I have two specific guys that are usually pretty good at this. They say, you'll be surprised how much cotton China will buy if they get the opportunity, you know, if we get these tariffs sorted out. So, uh, of course, that's betting maybe way down the road, too. <laughs> that's a little bit problematic. <laughs> and has anyone heard that we are doing business, you know, with the government shutdown? We're not getting it reported on our weekly export sales, but um, – as far as cotton goes, are we hearing anything going on there? Because that, there are some rumors that there are numbers taking place. We just don't see them yet. Yeah. I've heard rumors. I, I've gotten a couple <laughs> of confirmations, but I, I'm like you. I get a lot of rumors. I've got a couple of confirmations that uh, that Pakistan has bought some more cotton. Uh, Indonesia and Bangladesh have been somewhat active. I think Vietnam a little bit. Uh, of course, I think we all heard the rumor that uh, – China had bought U.S. cotton for the reserve. I, I got a quasi-confirmation on the U.S. side, but nobody in China knows about it that I talked to. So I think that probably is likely that didn't happen. But I've also heard that India has been inquiring and did buy some Brazilian and West African, and I, I didn't get confirmation they bought U.S., but I, I do think the business is going on right now. I just don't try to get your arms around how much it is without, you know, USDA confirmation, is, it gets gets pretty dicey. I mean, maybe, has anybody else heard similar type things? Well, I'm, like, you know, like the, well, I'm hearing it, yes. I'm not getting any confirmation whatsoever, and, and, and who knows. Uh, I don't, you know, the market's up 150 one day and down 150 the next. And 
all this kind of stuff. So I can't decide if the market's helping us figure any of that out. Uh, so I'm left, have to say, I'm left neutral on that. Can't confirm anything. I, I think the market is confirming that, that something is going on uh, because otherwise I think it would have it, it would be below 70 cents by now. Um, this thing has, uh, you know, at least from a technical perspective, it's it's broken down. It, it's down to a level where, you know, it, it probably should have gone, but unfortunately it hadn't gone any further down. And I think people definitely are finding value down here in the lower 70s. Um, the, uh, now, the country basis, from what I understand, is, is, is not good. Um, got a lot of low grades out there to move. Um, the, uh, uh, you know, one thing that uh, as we go forward, it'll be interesting once we see the on-call numbers. I think mills have been very... Uh, aggressive at buying fixed price down here and growers understandably so you know they they sell their basis they they want to go ahead and sell the basis and get rid of carrying charges and they're going to hold on to, to price cotton later so um you know we we may be seeing a slow shift from an in an imbalance between uh on-call uh sales um, really outnumbering purchases to to where purchases now start to uh, equal or, or it maybe even possibly exceed sales, and uh, that won't be particularly friendly going forward. Joe, coming what you said about you know the the market being able to hold up and you. You're much more the technician than I have ever been. But as I look at the current chart, uh, it seems to be putting in, in my opinion, still very early, but still it seems to be putting in a very nice rounded bottom. And uh, given the way the market broke, uh, get, a, get, a, get a good rounded bottom down there. It could be very positive, of course, as I say. It's not confirmed, but go ahead. Well, let me let me ask this question of the group, and it's following up OA with what you just said. Uh, let's say we do reopen the government, and we know that's going to happen. We get some some numbers showing up that there's some business, and couple that with this rounded bottom possibly that you mentioned. How high could we bounce? Because that leads to the next question, and I've got it here coming in this morning from a farmer in West Texas. Should I sell my cotton now or or, or hold off? I mean, there are people that haven't sold their crop. Or, or some of it, and they're just, you know, they don't know what to do right now. And that's that's why a lot of people dial in here. They want to hear what, what we think. So that's just a lot of questions, but I want to throw that out there to everybody. Well, trying to figure out how high we can go is uh, a bit like how high is the eagle fly. I mean, it, it's uh, we, we don't have fundamental data actually to trade with right now, but uh, when the government opens, I think at least we'll get – a little bit of conviction, whether you're bullish or bearish, at least you'll have something that you can kind of hang your hat on. I, in advising a farmer right now that had some stuff left to sell, I think I'd tell him to hold on. Uh, I think that it's more likely when we open up, we'll get information that will be more positive than not. It may be neutral, but even neutral, I think, would, would with a rounded bottom and this thing uh, down where it is, People saw value, mills saw value at 73 and 74 cents. So I think from here they'll be happy to be right back to that. 
a lot of Asian buyers too don't like to buy the market as it's going down. They would rather buy it when they feel like the bottom's in. So I, I think from that perspective, I, I hope I'm not just you know wishful thinking, but I, I believe I would want to hold off and not not sell it right here. Afraid you might be selling in a hole. Those are good comments, Kip. Seriously, uh, positive. I need to write those down. Write an article about that. <laughs> I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, those are really good stuff. I tell you what, I got to get my shovel now. <laughs> <laughs> one one other thing in support of that idea is that prior to this March one deadline to to work out something with China, you know, they may come up with even just a face saving something before that deadline, just to you know look like they did something, and those kinds of positive and you know you had a one day rally out of the meeting in Argentina you know there is the possibility for some might be brief but some you know a little lift on the trade side so I might be if I was holding on I'd be poised to take some action quick action when that happened hey, that, that that's good I wouldn't wouldn't leave it out there for too long I agree you see it take it and run Oh, hey, let me ask you this question. You know, I would assume we agree that a large part of why we've sold off is because of the trade sanctions and trade wars. I'm just looking at his chart. It was the middle of last June when we peaked out uh, up into the, in the 90s. Uh, if it's taken this long to see this demand destruction, if we do get a trade deal, how long will it take to bring it back? Or has there been so much destruction done that it's going to take some time? Uh, terrific question, uh, and I know we can get answers on either side of that question. Uh, but my great concern is, is that in the past we've talked about we need to diversify our markets. We can't depend on China so so much. Something negative will happen. Well, we didn't diversify, and something negative did happen. Now then, China is on the flip side. We they're saying we need to diversify our uh, the location of our import, in, input, who else do we do business with? And we're seeing just all kind of indicators, have been seeing actually, but continuing to see stronger indicators that China is looking to build inroads and uh, 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 locations to build, to build friendship with other cotton-producing countries to obtain cotton in the future. And they're doing a great job of that. They've gone into Brazil, they're building infrastructure with Brazil to export cotton. So these sorts of things, they're continuing to get Australia. They've already been working in West Africa. My concern is is that China has beat the bushes pretty well, and they're looking to supplant U.S. as their primary supplier, or one of their primary suppliers, and they'll do that. So the 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 the, the the road back, we're going to probably end up having to go through other countries. Also, Brazil has just cleaned out several scores of millions of acres that they're getting ready to put beans and cotton on. So I'm concerned about regaining this. Now then, in the short run, how quick do we come back? Of course, other countries are making sure that they sell their cotton first. They're price competitive. That's going to fight the market somewhat. Everybody's gotten down on the bottom of this market trying to sell cotton. So I'm just not real optimistic, Pat. I just have to say it that way. 
Now, you can see us getting back up to 78 cents, 77 cents, back up in there. But I don't get optimistic uh, above that as far as the market coming back, even though uh, the, the, the Chinese carryover, U.S. carryover, the Chinese carryover and world carryover have moved down very smartly. Yeah. Anybody else? Well, let me want just one quick additional comment. When USDA does come back, I don't know. I y'all will understand this better than I do. It, it'll be a week, or it'll be probably two weeks before we get any reports. They've got to, they've been gone so long. They've got to come back. And, uh, nothing negative meant by it. That was just regular office. They got to come back, find that coffee cups, remember where each other lives, and uh, spend a few days sitting at their desk contemplating the world before they could actually get into hard data and start analyzing and, and pushing it. Let me, let me ask this question and, and, and see what y'all think of this. At that last meeting that the U.S. had with China, and this was a lower-level discussion of maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago, uh, at, after that meeting there were comments, and there were quite a few, that there, was, there seemed to be a lot of progress made in two areas, agreement, and that was in energy and in agriculture. Is it possible that if we do finally, we reopen the government, we end up doing the trade deal, that China's going to come forward certainly with soybeans and perhaps cotton and make a statement and, and, and step up and really start buying some things as part of this agreement? Because most people think this matters to Trump. He knows farmers have suffered. And, and perhaps this is a shorter-term bounce but it, is it possible that could lead to something more significant than people think? More significant than well, we're talking about maybe going to 78, 79. Is it possible if China makes a statement about really stepping up and starting to buy things as part of this whole agreement, if, assuming it will happen at some point, could that lead to a bigger, at least near-term bounce, I'm not talking about next year, then, then maybe – people anticipate? I think it's very possible. I told you earlier, I, I think I mentioned earlier in this conversation that uh, I've got some folks I talked to in China have told me that we will be surprised how much cotton uh, the Chinese would buy. Just whether that is a, a goodwill sort of thing or not, apparently they really need and want U.S. cotton. Uh, the quality is consistent out of the U.S. more so than it is in a lot of other locations. They like that. So, uh, I think uh, I think it's very possible we could get, you know, you got this market just sort of got this little bottom we talked about. It, it's the point of up one day, down the next. You get some some conviction in this market, and we really have not lost an enormous amount of open interest. Not as much as I thought we would when we're in a situation where oh, there's nothing going on, we can't sell cotton, there's no information. I thought we would be losing more open interest than we have already. Now, not that we haven't lost some. That's not what I mean. But I thought we might lose more. I think we could get in here and all of a sudden people, you know, lots of traders like an up market. So, yeah, I think it's possible we could run in, at least into the low to, to mid-80s. Now, how long it stays here? Eh, I don't know. That just might be a, a kind of air for a while. But, yeah, I think it's possible. I, I think it's possible too, Pat, but I see it more as kind of a, just a reaction, a relief of the uncertainty of this whole situation. You know, mm -hmm. fundamentally – fundamentally other people have been shipping more to China we've been shipping more to other people there's been a reshuffling of the fundamentals but not a real 
um, not a real loss so much of U.S. exports as a reshuffling of it. And if China comes back and buying our stuff directly, okay, then it sort of reshuffles that back to where it was. But, you know, I don't see it as a change in the fundamentals that's going to elevate us. It's just going to be a, a relaxation of all this uncertainty about, you know, policy stuff, you messing with markets and, you know, keeping people from confidently doing business. Mm-hmm. Any- Pat, it's difficult to sit here on this side of the fence and listen to my bears become bulls and me become a little <laughs> naked, naked bear here. But, uh, I, and I don't, we certainly can't overemphasize the discussion about China. It, uh, that's what's on the, in, in controlling things right now. But I want to, to my to to my bullish friends, I want to throw out just the word Turkey. What what's going to happen in Turkey? How's how's that going to affect yeah. us? Hurt us? And and I'm I'm not I'm not putting them on the spot. I I don't have an answer either. But I'm just trying to change the conversation a little. That's bit. That's a little more fundamental like, to, to my <laughs> way of thinking. Um, they're they're the destination of a lot of our lower grade cotton, and if it doesn't go there, I don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. Well, I, I, you make up a, a very, very good point. I think Turkey's a real problem, and I don't. I'm looking at uh, what's going on there. I just don't know. I don't think it's going to get their economic problems are going to get solved anytime soon. So, I'm a, I'm a little bothered that that market is closed up, not just to the U.S. but to everybody. Uh, that their meal use is going to slip a little bit. However, I think that's picked up in other places, and if, you know we've. We're kind of beating up because of China and Turkey, but if you look at our overall exports, at least in the last report, I think we're up 4% over last year in actual shipments. So yep. it, it's not as bad as, you know, it's, it's just not terrible. It's, uh, it, we're just, I think we're caught up in this malaise of, oh, everything's bad everywhere, and it's just getting kind of feeding on itself. Uh, we're maybe a little bit too pessimistic uh, simply because we don't have any data. Um, it's pretty easy just to, to get on the bare side of things and say, well, it's terrible, it's terrible, when you can't prove otherwise. Well, I think my bearishness relates to we're not going up much at all as opposed to we're going lower, lower, lower. So if I can't be, you know, 90-cent <laughs> cotton bullish, then all of a sudden I'm bearish is, is in my own mind. I'm playing, playing with that and just laughing. Gerald, any thoughts? Uh, well, uh, a, a lot of thoughts, you know. We've got a, a crop this year that's very mixed up in terms of qualities. I think we need to stay down here to move to move these lower grades in, into the marketplace at, at, a, at a decent price. And, uh, um, you know, the, the Turkey, yeah, that Turkey is a real problem. Um, I mean, if they're exporting cotton, um, their domestic consumption numbers are, are, are not good, and, and they are exporting cotton. Um, the, uh, uh, I, you know, it's, you, you sit here and you, you watch this market just sort of churn down here at the bottom, I think you know. Obviously, people are finding value in in uh, in U.S. cotton at these levels. Um, I think more business is going on than than we think. Um, it was only this last week that I I heard that things were starting to slow down a little bit, but probably for the first for the, the, the at least the first two weeks after the government stopped putting out export sales numbers. 
that uh, that business was was very good, um, and uh, I, I think we'll be I think we'll be pleasantly surprised when we finally start getting getting the uh, USDA reports uh, come out again. Um, I uh, I like this market, but I'm like, oh wait, I, I don't see us going much above seventy. 77, 78, maybe 79 cents. I think it'll be a real challenge here short term to get back over 80 cents. So we'll just sort of transition right into what our thoughts on prices are. So you're thinking to the upside, high 70s? Is that right? Yes. yes. Gerald? Yes, high 70s. What, what's, your, what's your low size here? I'd probably 70, you know. Seventy to seventy-eight cents would be probably the uh, the range that we're going to be dealing with for for the foreseeable future. Okay, John, what what are your thoughts on price for old crop? I I would agree with that. Seventy to seventy-eight. Well, I hate to hear your new crop, but what do you think of new crop? <laughs> <laughs> well. OA stood up in New Orleans and said 64 cents was a low for December 19, and I, that's where I was a month ago at this meeting. So I've got to say something like 63 or 62. If we really, if we really increase ending stocks to seven, something pushing seven million bales, then, then I think it's going to be weaker than 64. So I'll say 62. Uh, okay, uh, let's let's go, Kip. Now, well, I uh, I can't disagree with the numbers on the, of uh, for the current crop uh, seventy eight. I think we have potential. If if a lot of things fall in place, we could go a bit higher than that. But you know, as far as trying to be, where do you think it is? Given the current scenario, I'm not going to disagree with seventy seventy eight cents. It's just somewhere in the seventies and. Uh, we may churn around here day after day with you know 100 points, 150 to just crazy non-directional trading. Um, new crop, I think if we get a 24 million bale crop uh, and Turkey didn't figure out a way to fix itself and we still are in this current scenario, I think we're going to see the low 60s easily. Uh, you know, 62, 61, anywhere in there. Yeah, we'll. We'll get down to the 60s. Okay, OA? Well, not to, not in any way attempt to be funny, but I, I, I agree with my friend. I'm, I'm 70, 78 is a great number. Uh, I said 74. Uh, I'm 64 on the bottom of new crop. Yes, it could go lower. Again, you know, I don't throw out the idea yet that we couldn't have a 25 million bale crop, uh, and that puts us in serious difficulty price. So, yes. Downside. Okay. All right. So, we're all in agreement. So, a, therein lies the so, problem. I was going to say, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> the problem well, here uh, is that when we're all on one side of the boat, the damn thing tips. We, right. we just don't know where it's going to tip. But, you that's know, right. That's right. That's right. That's, that you know, is All of us are in agreement we're going to get this huge area increase for cotton. I believe that today, but I also see uh, soybeans that just have not collapsed yet in prices. Uh, we're looking at a 946, I think, today for November beans, and, and that's still pretty attractive. So, um, 
and it's cheaper price. You got if this trade war goes on and these guys' pocketbooks finally start to suffer a little bit because uh, we're not, you know, these prices don't go up a little. We may see a few more beans than than we think. Our shop is looking for a big drop in beans uh, area. Some of it coming to cotton. Uh, so we're all in agreement it's going to be bigger. We may all be wrong on that, or it won't be quite as big as we thought. And in order to get this 24 million bale crop out there, we got to have a good growing season. We've had several good seasons, and usually something happens. So we, I don't like the fact that we're all in agreement with each other. <laughs> all right. Well, well, let's wrap this up. Uh, we want to thank our sponsor, FiberMax and Stoneville Seed, for making this program possible. We're very grateful to them for that. Also, we want to thank OA for leading us today, and thanks to all of you and our listeners. And that concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network. Thank you. Thanks, Pat. Thank you, Pat.